Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And today we're talking about, I'm trying to read Saul's notes upside down. When players are, okay, you're going to have to say it. When players are having bad luck or when dice go wrong. When Looking dice title. go wrong, which is a, a common occurrence for me. First of all, there's always a debate whether people really have bad luck or don't have bad luck. And I think if you listen to people on podcasts, like you listen to Happy Jacks, there's a player, a person who always rolls bad, supposedly, has the worst luck, is known for having terrible luck. Uh, the other day I was listening to Brett and Sean and they said that Sean has terrible luck, one of the, one of the podcasters. So there's this conception that people have bad luck and sometimes they have a string of bad luck, right? It, it lasts a long time, at least, dur- at least during a session. Well, that's the thing when you're rolling dice, though, <laughs> to see if you're going to do something is sometimes you do it really well and sometimes you do it really poorly. You do what really well? Well, the dice, you get really good rolls oh, or you yeah. get really bad rolls. Uh, is there a certain uh, technique that you use <laughs> to roll dice? I don't know, but if the dice don't work, I switch the dice. Right. And I know people who put dice in jail. Right, there's that. So, obviously, there's this conception that people can have a bad string of die rolls. It's not a conception. It's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> well... I, I happen to believe that, yes, you can have a string of bad luck and you can roll really badly for a while or for a whole session, maybe. Other people who are very logical and critical thinkers say that's hogwash. There's no such thing as bad luck. Until they roll it's, the dice badly. It's just it's a random, it's a random. number generator. There's no such thing as bad luck. But uh, I don't know. Everybody has this conception, uh, not everybody, but a lot of people have this conception that you can't have bad luck or that people are just terrible at rolling dice or the, ba- or the dice are bad for them, no matter what kind of game they're playing. So what do you do in that situation, right? What do you do in a situation when, whether you believe in that concept or not, that people who are rolling dice and they're having a, they're not succeeding very much due to the die rolls. There's two, there's two different types of people, right? There's a person that can roll with that kind of luck and can still have fun and joke about stuff and, and, and keep playing and having a good time. And there's people who kind of go to, you know, they get the first frustration. Of, first, they get, get it right. And frustration leads to uh, despair. <laughs> and despair leads to anger. And anger leads to the dark side, <laughs> right? Just like Yoda says. So... One, I don't like, I wouldn't want to see a player go to the dark side. It's bad. I think it's bad. <laughs> okay. Right? So, but what can, what can you do as a GM when, when you have people who are like that, who are experiencing a bad time, bad rolling, and they can't get, no, they, they're really being affected personally. They're not, and they don't seem to be having fun. And let's, that's, to me, that's why we play role-playing games. That's why I play role-playing games. I think this comes from, this question came from a recent experience. Well, Saul listened to podcasts, but we were just playing Feng Shui a couple of weeks ago. And our friend Steve was not making his roles like six times in a row. And Steve was okay with that. His wife and I kept telling him to switch the dice, <laughs> which he did, but it didn't help. 
and he was a little frustrated because we were in the middle of a, a fight. We were, so he didn't get to do all the cool stuff he wanted to do. Right. And Feng Shui is about high kinetic action, fighting and doing stuff. So when you miss your role every time, which I was not making my roles very often in that game either. But Saul said that he thought maybe Steve wasn't having a good time. But I was at the table and I didn't get that impression I thought, well, Steve. Steve's pretty good with if he doesn't make his rolls, he's like, okay, I, it didn't work. I'll try again. But after like the sixth or seventh time <laughs> you that you're trying again, it does kind of frustrate you, right? Yeah, exactly. And I didn't do anything, and I feel kind of bad now in retrospect that I, I couldn't, I didn't suggest things or do something to mitigate that frustration, trying to alleviate that frustration, right? Because like I said, that being frustrated is not fun experience for me and Saul's ideas about what he could have done my first thing that i told him was well steve might not have liked that because <laughs> steve w knew he wasn't making his dice rolls but he might not wanted you to what what did you say fudge the, not fudge but what did you give him an extra die or something no no i said he, he could do something else like to aid another person that where he wouldn't have to roll a die like go i want to help this guy uh, I'm going to grab him and, well, I might require a die roll, but uh, Feng Shui being the way it is, it's, you don't need to roll dice all the time for like simple actions, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what I was thinking is that he could aid somebody and give him a bonus kind of thing. And I wasn't sure that, that Steve would go for that, but he might have. I don't know if Saul would have thought about it at the time right. that we were playing. Right. That, that's the deal is that I, I, I saw that he was rolling badly and because and he... He was actually he was actually saying, "Wow, I can't believe this my bad die rolls." And then, and then he said, uh, "And then actually, uh, you and Kathy convinced him to switch dice, which I thought was funny." Because he never does that. Because yeah. he's like, "It doesn't matter what the yeah, dice, which dice we're rolling." Right. Which I always tell him that's not true. Because <laughs> he's he's very analytical. He's very logical. And so when you present him with this idea that, or oh, it's a bad luck, or those are bad unlucky dice. He will scoff at that idea and just like, oh, that's ridiculous, right? Because people who are very logical and, and the world works a certain way don't believe in luck, right? Well, if you look around my house, besides all the role-playing games this all has, there's like a lot of dice because... Because <laughs> you buy dice all the time. <laughs> I totally do not believe in that the, the dice aren't fickle. Or are out to get you, like that shirt says. Sometimes they are out to get you. <laughs> So you got to switch up the dice when you're not rolling good. Right. But I was thinking, what do you do in that situation, right? When as a, well, well, there's two things. As a player, what can you do in that situation? And as a GM, what can you do? And I think, first of all, players can, if they feel, start to get frustrated about rolling dice, it's time to put the dice down and just act, do certain things that necessarily don't need dice to be rolled. And so you bypass that whole idea of, or the need to roll dice or to, to succeed by, by being successful on a die roll and just help another person or do stuff in the game, like to distract the, the bad guy by saying, hey, you, you know, say something nasty to him to focus their attention on you or whatever, or, you know, that whole distraction bit. I think that that's a very, very good idea and very viable in a role playing game. Yes, you could not necessarily distract, but maybe piss off the person and, and make them <laughs> the, the enemy, right? Right. Yeah, and then they're not going to... 
they're going to be distracted they get flustered or, yeah. or whatever right or they get angry and then they can't fight as well maybe right. their armor class goes down or something like that right yeah because we were playing feng shui and feng shui is two six-sided dice that's all there's to it yes and one's negative one's good and one's bad and one's <laughs> negative and one's positive usually use two different colors to differentiate I don't trust my players rolling two dice the same and that color. Was, it, was, it was pretty funny because Kathy and I were using the opposite colors. And so they kept telling her she wasn't making her rolls. And she's all, this is my good one and this is my bad one. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's true. I forget what colors they were, but... They were yellow and pink. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Because you had it a certain way. I had pink and yellow and right. she, hers were yellow and pink. <laughs> so They're exactly the same dice, but the positive was a different yes. color. So when, it, when so she would roll people across them going, oh, no, you failed that. And they're like, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> My pink is the, the negatives. The yellow is the good one. And that was funny. But there's a lot of things you could do as a player to be able to do something other than roll dice. And I think, I think that's what you should focus on. If, Like I said, if, if you're not being successful by rolling dice. I don't know that a player would think about that right. in the game. Correct. I think that that should be a, a GM telling you that or or, or a, suggestion? a suggestion right um but also i mean gms can do other things you could grant random bonuses at the table to people or things like that you know well yeah i think any, any almost any game they let you do as a gm uh, be very uh what is it uh it is your world after all <laughs> Yeah, you have control over anything yeah. in the world. So situational bonuses, like you were talking about, and maybe the G- the player doesn't realize there's a situation, or, or remind the player, especially like in Feng Shui, right? He was trying to do this thing, and let's say I would, I could say, well, remember you can you can use the environment to help you, right? And whether it's just saying that certain things are in near you. You can make up or add something to the scene that necessarily I hadn't put there as a GM. And I think that's what I like about Feng Shui is that they encourage that kind of thinking. They encourage the players coming up with stuff to change the scene even. even though. Or, well, that was the first time we had played with, the, with Augustine, Allen, and Ian. Correct. So, and Augustine, Allen, and Ian take the rules seriously. Yes. So... I don't know that Saul did the. You didn't. You didn't remind people that they could do yeah, that I during know. this I did game. Not. I did so not. it was more of a literal take on stuff, right? Right, right. Because Feng Shui, the way it works, is that it gives a lot of power to players, adding stuff to the scene when stuff that the GM has. Because it's supposed to be f- a, a fantastical movie, right? Or a not necessarily fantastical, but it's a Hong Kong action. Right. So movie. people do almost superhuman things. Yeah. Right? Like run on top of bullets toward the enemy and stuff like that. And Steve has done that before in that when he's played that game. But I right. think this time it was we hadn't played for a while and we uh, were actually playing an in-person game. And the boys, it was their first time playing. So they ha- all had the rule books out looking at stuff. And you hadn't played before, have you? I played before. Okay. I played with the with the Friday night group. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I hadn't given that speech and I, and I, I probably should have, obviously. And that would have been a little bit... Uh, what is it? And not enlightening, but that would have helped anybody who was struggling to say, "Oh, I don't have to roll dice. I can just use something in the environment to help me, or or hide, or whatever you want to call it. You know, whatever you want to do." And I, I always like like construction sites, right? Because I it's feng shui, and I talked about feng shui before, and I mentioned the construction sites, construction sites because 
I may describe a, a construction site and I might talk about big things like there's a bulldozer, there's a there's a half constructed building, but players might come up. Well, is there are there any of those big huge cement tubes that are piled somewhere? Sure, that that's and I really like where players are are thinking because I think what happens is especially in games like that is that players they really uh what is it? they get there's buy-in from the players right when when the player is telling you oh is there this or is there that and you're saying well yeah or no most of the time you're gonna say yes because if it's uh, a construction site and i mean there's not gonna say well there's a is there a ferrari sitting here yeah yeah exactly that they, there may not be but there might be a uh you know a big you know what do you call that thing with the ball the demolition thing. <laughs> My God, I can't believe it. The big machine wrecking, wrecking that ball. has the ball wrecking on ball, it. Wrecking ball <laughs> machine and stuff. And I think when when that happens, one, the player themselves is really engaged in the game. And two, an engaged player is usually a very non-frustrated player, right? They're doing something. They're, they feel like they're getting something accomplished, even if their dies suck. Well, that's what I wasn't. I wasn't rolling very good in that game, but I was just thinking, you know, because it's Feng Shui, right? So I'm going to try this. Yes. That's that's basically what I always think of Feng Shui is. Okay, what's the craziest thing I can do, and let me do it. <laughs> and whether I make the roll or not, I'm not caring because everybody laughs because I tell them something silly. Right. Right. And it, and, but there's other games that are not so you know what yes. is it the foolhardy and what is it and the uh, whimsical I guess is another word. If you're in a real serious game and it's life and death, let's say you're playing Twilight 2000, you don't want to be missing a lot of shots in Twilight 2000, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> you're a very fragile creature. Yes. <laughs> so in that case, then it does matter. And you don't want your character to die. I think right? that, um, so, so there's, you come up with a couple of ideas already. You said you can do things where you don't have to roll. Right. You can... Um, change your dice out of course and sometimes you just have to suck it up and realize that you're you're sucking and it's not going to work but as a gm <laughs> you could also i mean maybe it's not fate but fate has those chips what are they inspiration chips or whatever yes, yes. you know you could hand out those to everybody it could just be a house rule everybody has two inspiration points for the game here you go and then so that if if somebody gets into that frustrated situation they can give you their inspiration point and do what they want and then they'll feel better, right? Because they got to actually do it if yeah. they're frustrated, right? I hadn't even thought about that because Feng Shui does have fortune or, or Yes, or I was cheap. using my fortune a lot. <laughs> you were, that's right. I forgot about that. And fortune, fortune is basically like a Benny in Savage World. I think Steve did use his fortune too. I think he did. Yes, and he did. You're right. And he did succeed because of that or he automatically succeeded sometimes depending on what he was trying to do. So th th those are built-in mechanics in the game that allow a player to break the rules, right? Right. More or less. You could do house... That, that could be a house rule too, right? right. Or a table rule. No matter what game you're playing, yeah. here's your two inspiration chits. Use them whenever you... Right. I think that's something that is being done more and more. I've noticed a lot of games now seem to have that that mechanic where you can, like you said, it's inspiration, it's it's Benny's, uh, Fortune, whatever, whatever it's called in specific games. 
The only thing is, is that let's say your game doesn't normally have it, but even D and D has that now called inspiration. Though Wait, I hardly ever give them out. And I, I like the the two D twenty system where when you roll good, you get a you have the dice pull the of momentum. good things. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> because you know sometimes you, you really need those, and it's amazing how often you can't roll what you need to roll, and you need other people to help you by and by everybody building up the momentum then when you suck or you need to make a roll you can use it right yeah you know and that's something that that i really like about that game because of that what is it i don't even know how how i would describe the momentum pool in in game terms not in game terms in the world terms right it's just i guess it's just the the fortune of the group right and and the group characters i'm saying in the world are what is it they're motivated or they're uh well it's just like when you're in real life if you're with a bunch of people and you need something someone's going to hand it to you right well i'm talking about the the morale is high right right? right. that's what i'm talking about that's 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 the feeling that i'm getting is from those those type of mechanics especially in 2d20 where you do have that momentum pull and that's where it comes from. It's like, oh, our group is doing really good. You guys are feeling jazzed about what you're doing, whatever this different game it is. And so you're able to use that, whatever you want to call it, je ne sais quoi, and use, and that's what it, you know, that's what the momentum pull is. You're able to draw from your group good fortune and morale, and that help you succeed. I never looked at the 2D20 momentum pool well that's exactly it momentum right the momentum mm-hmm. of the group as as in, in the, how you would describe it in game so that's pretty neat i hadn't really thought about it and the the name momentum tells you what it is i also think that if you're really doing badly and you're rolling ones or whatever in any game that certain games nowadays they call it what you're going to have a complication because you did that there's right. going to be a, a a complication but sometimes you get to come up with the complication or by having the player come up with the complication themselves, that might help them to to feel a little better about it. Right. Also, it's okay to roll a one because I've been playing D and D and Pathfinder for years <laughs> with the boys, and they don't mind when when they roll a one because then they can describe what happens to their sword that they were trying to fight right. somebody with, but it went flying off and landed in a rock or something, <laughs> you know, things like and that. And that's pretty neat. Yeah. Right. I remember. You're right. And we were gained that. To, to that point where where the boys i mean that we call them the boys they're, they're they're not boys anymore i mean the youngest ones are 18 now yeah. so. so so but we've been playing we start playing i started running them in games at the very young age they were like five or six when i really started running them through games you know they would get super excited stuff and they would get kind of bummed about missing and stuff but as they you know as they grew and they become uh, adolescents and they became teenagers they were perfectly willing to accept those bad turns of luck and 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 describe it in, sometimes in glory detail how how they messed up right how and they how fell they, on their face yeah how they fell on face and did all these mistakes. Another thing I didn't think about you're right is that that whole idea of failure with complication right that I forget I think that's either a apocalypse world thing where you can fail you know you can succeed with a complication. So at one point you don't you don't even have to roll. You just say I'm going to take a hit, but I want to succeed even though you know, without having to roll. And you might want to talk about that before you add that to let's say a D and D game. Have that have that option available. 
but uh, that was that would be something that you would want to talk about in session zero if it's not already baked into the system right right so i think that's an interesting idea uh the whole idea of succeed with a complication is that you're gonna f be successful in what you're trying to do but there's gonna be your character's gonna have some sort of setback and I it's, think that's pretty neat. It's like when you're trying to cross a bridge, which you would think would be an easy thing to do. <laughs> but I guarantee that if I have to roll dice to do it, there's going to be a complication because it happens all the time. <laughs> no matter what bridge it is, no matter what game it is. Then Mike is running down the side of the river trying to cat figure out how to get you out of the rapids. Or Saul jumps in and doesn't make the roll to save you and so is also going down the river with you yeah that was pretty bad i thought i had a good chance because i had the actual swimming skill yeah so <laughs> so see but those are the funny things during during D, &D games or other kind of games right where you're where you roll it doesn't work and that is a complication right and bridges bridges trees going across crevices Anything that you have to cross, there's a, all, there is always going to be a chance that one of your players is not going to make that roll. What's funny is that, that look what happened, right? It was this big old huge hover beloved for a failed roll, right? And I think it actually added to the game because we were just panicking. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I fell, I, I jumped in after you, right? And I'm like, oh, I'm a good swimmer. I have good athletics. And I botched that roll, so now you have two people drowning <laughs> in this fast-moving river. And then frustration by the other players trying to rescue us ensued. But also, it was funny. Comedy of errors, right? This, this, this flubbing of rolls caused this, <laughs> this snowball coming down the mountain. Now we're, our characters are threatened. We're, like, drowning. Right. And so we're, like, in trouble. Because of a simple failed row. And I thought that was kind of interesting. And it was all for crossing a bridge. And this happens in, in all <laughs> kinds of games. We played a Star Trek game. Yes. Uh, and we had to walk across this small crevice. There was a tree across it. And there were like six of us. Two of us couldn't make the rolls. So, but we, that was a, D, a 2D20 yes. game. So we did, a, we did a complication thing, right? I finally got across the bridge or the tree, but I twisted my ankle. So then I had to limp for a while, <laughs> which if you know me is an unusual, but because <laughs> I always twist the my ankle. <laughs> the character matched the real life persona. Uh, that's funny. Yeah, I agree. Something about bridges and even like natural bridges, like a fallen tree, a real bridge. I think we fell, we had a roll over uh, when we were playing Gamma World. I think there was a failed roll there. I mean, it's just funny because it's like you really, and it's sometimes the, the number, the target number isn't that high. Right. And, and then you're like, oh, oh, I only, on a D20, I only fail if I roll three or less. A two. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. And I think that's. It always reminds me of um, when we were playing. I don't know if it was Alien, but it was one of the games where you have the dice pool of sixes. Okay. And I just remember Bay saying, you'd think with all the these dices, you could get at least one six. But sometimes you can't. <laughs> yeah, you had a huge dice pool. It was eight dice. So 16 dice, not one six rolled up. 16 dice, not one six. And that's amazing. <laughs> that's the, yeah. And that's like, I, I, don't know, I don't know what the odds are. I don't know what the odds are. Don't ask Saul to, to calculate the odds yes, for you. I, I'm not Han Solo, but 
Uh, I'm terrible at math and, and probability, but there's a chart somewhere. I, I know in some books they put the charts of probability. There's a chart somewhere. I think, I think Free League actually does it, right? And it says your chances of succeeding depending on how many dice you roll. Because, you know, That's for, when you need Gimli, Gimli to explain it to you. <laughs> your chances of success are low. low. So I think that that kind of stuff is kind of funny. I think, the, and, and the idea that he couldn't, in this case, in uh, Bay couldn't roll one six on eight, eight, 16 dice. I guess it's really possible, highly unlikely, but he did it. And I was like, wow, it's just, it really kind of, you know, you got to wonder if the dice sometimes are against you. <laughs> and I know some people scoff at that, and I can understand that because you're a logical person and you think, well, that's the thing about gamers. Most of them are, well, I'm not going to say most. A lot of them are math heads. And so they, they look at those things, like the boys. They'll look at the dice and go, well, I have to be able to get this amount, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like going, good luck with that because <laughs> I've met the dice. But I think it's funny because some, those are some of the best stories that, and the things that you remember about the game when you can't make the rolls, right? right? Yeah, that's true. I think you should uh, also, as a player, when, when you are running that kind of bad luck, invent something right come up with a reason not just oh, I, I rolled a hit i miss okay i rolled a hit i miss and then like you could add a flavor to it say you know what i've been fighting with my left hand and i'm right-handed <laughs> you know stuff like that and, and that'll bring levity to the group the situation of fun for everybody the more i think about it i really like the idea of whether it's built into the system or not handing out chits to people so that if they have a roll of bad luck it's an auto success or something like that. Yeah, you can yeah. you can just okay. Here's my here's my chit. <laughs> here's my, my chit. Can I please do what I want this right. time? Because <laughs> the dice aren't working for me. And I think in any kind of uh, heroic game or superheroic even, I think that is definitely a valid thing you can do. I think when you have a game that's a little bit more brutal, like uh, Twilight Two Thousand, I don't know. It's Twilight Two Thousand. You don't have to do Twilight Two Thousand when we play Alien. Oh Jesus! <laughs> I I know I'm gonna die, right? Because that's just the way it is. I think the last time we were playing, Shannon was running the game, and we oh, were it's out. Morgan. No, it was wasn't it Shannon? We were outside. Oh, maybe it was Morgan. Yes, it was Morgan was running that game. I don't remember. We're, I'm not sure. We're, we're, the the ship was outside on the on the thing. And yeah, we had to go around on the outside. Right. And I'm all, we're not gonna make it. And then they opened the door, and a bunch of aliens come flying out. It was. Uh, it, I, I just. Somebody lived though. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. I know it wasn't me. Somebody actually got in. But you know you're not gonna make your rolls because, and even if you do make your rolls, a xenophobe, a xenophobe, a xenomorph. <laughs> has way more dice than you will ever have. Right. They're super tough. Just like the movies. <laughs> and and I think it was Morgan running it. Because yes, I remember Morgan. Morgan saying, yeah, I didn't even want to tell you how many dice I was rolling. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I'm all right. like going, I want, well, that's like, okay. You, you didn't want to roll in the open. I didn't you, want to roll in the open. I didn't want you to. You didn't want to roll in the open because you, did, <laughs> you didn't want to, what is it? Scary. To, to scare the players. Just have us dismay at our folly. <laughs> Yeah. All, it's a xenomorph i don't think i'm gonna make it that is funny yeah i remember that uh and you're right that was uh i don't think they have any kind of gimmies on that one because you're basically just you know, you're fragile human good luck <laughs> right that's the whole point of the alien movie and that's the whole point of the alien game though i have run it and people have succeeded and have lived but uh 
But yeah, I don't, there's no uh, save mechanic. The save mechanic is is uh, pushing a roll. Here's my save mechanic is always kill the company man first, <laughs> and then you may have a he chance might be of the success. Good guy. He might be the good guy. He's you know never what? been the good guy. The next game I run, the company man is going to be the, the hero. <laughs> <laughs> and always kill the company man first. <laughs> You're terrible. So, what else can we do when we, when uh, when players, either as a GM or as a player, when you're when a player is not doing well? I think another players can offer to help them, aid, and give them a bonus uh, if that's allowable in in the system. I think uh, many games now have a system where you can aid another player or another character, I should say, another character in what they're trying to do. Also, the invention of fortune points, bannings, or what do you want to call it, uh, that definitely can uh, anything that anything you can do to bypass the rolling of the dice, even if you don't believe in bad luck, uh, will help. Will allow the character to succeed. I think once you succeed, it kind of breaks the curse of the dice. And I know people don't believe in curses, <laughs> but that's just you know, at least it alleviates that tension that they might be building up. Inside of them, well, when it is frustrating dice. when you're rolling the dice and you don't get what you want. But if, if you're rolling them six times, and but when it's only two dice, <laughs> it's, it's even harder. Well, right? D&D, it's only one, it's only yeah. D20. Yeah, well, one. you know how many D20s I have, right? <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. I guess I, I don't know, actually, I have no clue. <laughs> There's so many th- th- dice sets in our house, but. Even like on roll 20, I, and I was telling Sal when we were talking about this episode, I was telling him that when we play with, um, with a, one of our groups online, it's not so much that whether you make the roll or not, because everybody's watching you roll, right? You can right. see everybody's roll. Yes. So then it's just, oh, you didn't make that. <laughs> so this is what's going to happen, right? Or, oh, I didn't make that. And so everybody has seen it, right? It's a, it's a shared experience. That's true. I mean, at the table it is, but it's it's even more shared when you're just staring at the screen, right? right? And then boom, there it is. <laughs> you're like, oh, well, okay. I guess I didn't make that. I guess I'm dead. I, guess I'm dead. <laughs> I think in that sense, it's really weird because some people uh, criticize those dice rollers, right? Because I don't know. I don't know how you do it, right? I don't know how you program a dice roller. Uh, some people, there's different ways of doing it, supposedly. And I don't know, people complain that they're not really random, right? Uh, yeah. They go on about that. Those are the same people that, that believe that dice can't be cursed. They say that dice rollers aren't random, at least enough for them. So I think it's kind of funny. But uh, <laughs> but those dice rollers, sometimes, they're terrible, right? They're just like, or like what's weird is like it's not necessarily the dice roller that's terrible. It's just that you're programmer? you're rolling badly, <laughs> or you roll and sometimes because sometimes you get all good dice and sometimes you get all bad dice. What was that one? Well, who, I don't remember who it was, but they kept rolling the same number over and over again, like four or five times in a row. They rolled like a five or a six on the six side dice. And I don't like, know, but I like it when Shannon goes, "Oh." Because Saul's always trying to figure out how where to roll his dice on the roll twenty and Shanza, I'll roll for you. I'll roll for you. <laughs> I didn't have my dice roller set up right because we were playing the one ring. That's why. Because you, Saul always has these like all these different screens open on his screen, <laughs> and then he has to find his character sheet because you have to push on the actual thing to roll the dice. Because I need a second monitor. <laughs> so I think the best thing advice we can give you is is think about if. 
your dice rolling isn't up to par, right? Or you and have a you, bad streak. Or, or you another player is having a little bit of frustration. Remind them if there is fortune points or anything like that, bennies and stuff. Also, uh, suggest things that they could do. Either aid you or aid somebody else, or you can aid them. Maybe you could, yeah. There's a, some game mechanics, like I said, aid, it's actually built into the system. They can aid somebody. Or if they're going to get hit, you can get in their way or take the hit for them. Or if you're a GM, just say, you know, oh, you have this advantage. Make it up on the fly, people. You can do that, right? Well, as a GM, you can. Yeah. But some people may not, like I said. That's what I, that's the one thing I said, like Steve might not have liked that. Right. He might have think that you're, you know, he uh, might That's be, not fair. Or, or he goes, well, you just, you know, you just, because I'm sucking, you're, you're being nice to me. Or you're breaking the rules for me. And, and that might, you know. Uh, that might have set the player. Right. So, so you got to read your table. So some people don't want to want the crutch, but they also want to succeed. So it's kind of a. Yeah, and, and it's hard to make sure because you really want everybody to have fun. Right. That's the point, supposedly. That's the point of playing role-playing <laughs> games. So For most people. So these are just some ideas, right, right, that you could use. I really like, and I never thought about it, but I think Saul should always give out two inspiration points every game, every game session, just so when I roll six ones in a row, <laughs> then I can do something. That's a good idea. I like it. I'm not going to necessarily implement it, but... <laughs> <laughs> but it's not going to happen, but... There you go. Yeah, I agree with you. I think anything that can uh, give a little bit of an edge to the players, if if it's that kind of game, if it's a little bit more uh, downer kind of game, kind of the struggle, and that's part of the why you play it. Like, like I said, Twilight 2000, the survival type games. I that's think- when you want to create somewhere to hide <laughs> that's basically all you can do yes i behind a rock a big rock there's a rock right there i'm jumping behind it yeah i'm not gonna shoot my rifle or throw my grenades <laughs> a one on my grenade throw probably wouldn't be a good thing no not at all <laughs> so this is gaming perspectives with Saul and jolene and you have a good day <laughs>